0: Um, but I go now to Cleaner Ploppe, who is in Durban. Good morning.
1: Hello, Hi. how are you doing?
0: I'm good. How are you today?
1: I'm alright, thank you. How do you do this late night thing? Uh, well, you know,
0: <laughs> you're going to have to warm up a little bit. <laughs> but How do you do the
1: late night thing, honestly? Um,
0: it's, it's just, it's a different mindset, you know, and, and there's something, you know, often when you, you're thinking, gosh, I've got, you know, three hours of radio ahead of me, but there's something about the, the exciting nature of talk radio and it's live and anything can happen. Of course, having okay. said that, I've just done a pre-record. Um, so it's not always live. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, there's all these possibilities of people participating in all these various ways. For me, that, that true. that's exciting. I mean, and you're a director and, and, and you're a storyteller. You know that once you start with a story, the story draws you in, doesn't it?
1: It does. It certainly does. Yeah, so it's been, a, it's been a quite an exciting day indeed. The thing is that Sh- I've... Um, I've got the same um, rhythm of waking up quite early, so I, I, I don't yeah. know. My life is very different from many artists. Yeah, yeah, and and I think yeah, some people when they call me, it's 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 like a half past eight. They apologize for calling me so early. <laughs> I've been awake forever. <laughs> yeah, but
0: I think uh, the, the the reality is that, um, you know, some people are just the opposite. They're they night owls, so <laughs> they that's were trying to a, show you some story. respect there.
1: <laughs> yes, that's yes. right. So
0: tell us about your love of storytelling.
1: My love of storytelling is something that is uh, very much like calling. I don't see the work I do in storytelling as, as work. For me, it is a calling. It's something that I truly love. And um, also, I enjoy meeting other storytellers and listening to other people. When I go to um, big international storytelling festivals, I love sitting in the audience and Mm. listening to storytellers from Iran, listening to storytellers from uh, South America. One of my favorite storytellers ever is a guy called uh, Alvaro Zola from Chile. Oh, my goodness. I love listening to Alvaro Zola. I listen to... This beautiful storyteller from Lebanon.
0: So, uh, so, wh- was, what what captivates you about his storytelling?
1: The the way he is always able to bring the unexpected. You ah, think uh, okay. You know what he's gonna do, and you don't.
0: <laughs> oh, Wonderful. <laughs> so it's that <laughs> so, it's that magic of once again anything can happen.
1: Yes, and also storytellers are not uh, typical in the way they look. You see, I would hope so, yeah. Yeah, are. So that, that is so curious for me. There's a, a woman from, um, this other woman that I like, uh, who tells stories from Iran, she comes on stage uh, with, um, with a big bag. Like, uh, I don't know, it's not not a shopping bag, but it looks like it's one of those you you, you get when you go into a market. You know, yes, like yes, yes You're going to buy vegetables and fruit And, and <laughs> all kinds of things And then she's wearing a scarf and a hat And she's wearing I, I'm, I'm just amazing And then she starts unpacking And the the, the, the the family stories That, oh, my auntie used to wear this Oh, my uncle would never start a prayer Without having this and in the, she was just, She's amazing And so I, I love that and another person uh, who's uh, who's really really uh, stunning that has not been uh, known really really by many South Africans is Mabvuku Domoto. You know, baba Domoto has got such intensity about his storytelling.
0: And um, it's 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 about that importance of being um, captivating, isn't it?
1: Exactly, exactly. And and the the joy in in, in the use of language. Mm. You see some people who... I don't know if you ever met uh, Professor Poblishwaii. No. Professor Poblishwaii used to lecture at different universities and then uh, we invited him to join us when I used to work at the Market Theatre in Johannesburg. And he would come and join us and he'd be wearing his nice jeans and he would kick off his shoes and sit on the edge of the stage and suddenly he was a grandfather. (laughs) <laughs> and the uh, children of all ages are leaning forward like Professor Wu uh,
2: It
1: is his grandfather Opa <laughs> it is so wonderful so for me I, I like that that, uh, that you you get into it when you're a mm. storyteller you enjoy yourself so much and and, and that thing of enjoying yourself affects you mm. to it's, the audience
0: it's funny you tell me the story of that um, and I was talking about uh, John Carney. For me, when I say John Carney, my mind goes to Winston and Shauna. And I remember, oh, yes. and oh, I remember oh. how he would say he'd be on the stage, and he'd come past, and and people were looking for an old man.
1: <laughs> yes, they, yes. They, yes, they
0: walked past him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they walk past him. They're yes. looking for an old man. Exactly. Yes. yes. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Isn't it wonderful? It's such a pleasure to chat with the veteran storyteller Tina Klope And I've uh, asked for questions and we've got a uh, question, a comment really, from Lizzie Ware on Twitter who says, Mama Tina, I used to listen to her. I loved her voice so much. Wow, so, thank you, Lizziwe. Yeah, and I'm sure Lizzie is not alone uh, in in the kind of adoration you have. Um, and um, so you can also uh, have a, a WhatsApp. I've got lots of um, um, uh, WhatsApps for me, but let's uh, thank you to to Jenny, Tebo and David. Um, I'm asking for you if you've got any uh, questions for Tina, um or her, the favourite story that you told, but we were talking about your love of storytelling. At, at what point did you decide that this was more than just a love, and that this is what was going to be something that you were going to do?
1: I was um, well. I started as a writer more than uh, seeing myself as a performer. The performer came after, and then I enjoyed the poetry performance. It was the poetry, the the, the, the plays, poetry that led me to theatre. But uh, by 1990, I was uh, almost ready to jump ship. Oh, really? Get into full-time storytelling. And I thoroughly loved the storytelling. It's like, um, you know, there's that um, thing about people feeling like, uh, I'm I'm okay, but I'm not yet there. I'm okay, but I'm not yet there. And then you you get to the right street. You get to the right address. And then the, the weather is just the way you want it and the breeze and the what it's 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 what what it was made for you are the person who was meant to be there so for me storytelling i knew i could straighten up and fly right
0: oh i love um, it straighten up and fly Uh, right
1: (laughs) absolutely I straighten up and fly right i knew i was at home in Mm. storytelling and and i love it every single day i use storytelling for the tiniest little people in nursery schools I go to high schools, I go to universities, I do motivational speaking for big companies using the art of storytelling. So I find the flexibility, the, 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 the versatility of this art form just amazing. It feels like it's endless. And so I'm, mm. I'm, I'm really, I feel very blessed. Mm. I, know, I, I know I am blessed.
0: And, and a story that um, is a story of substance is a story that will hold... Uh, for children and adults.
1: Yes, yes, and also you, 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 you know how to feel like and make a story for a certain occasion, and also a certain story. You know that you, you need to be able to read the audience. That's another mm. important thing
2: mm. because you might
1: feel like, oh, I feel like telling that story today, and then you get dressed and you do what and you go to the event. Ah, uh-uh, that's not the one for today. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to like be quick. <laughs> this is not the right one for today. And so, <laughs> I so and and, and, and like that as well about storytelling, that you can, you can change like that. Yes. Make <laughs> like a detour.
0: And that's what storytelling lends itself to, is that wonderful detour.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. And then you read your audience and then the audience influences how mm. you, you, you present a certain story and something that happens during that, that performance. I, I, I love that. I love that. And because of storytelling, I'm able to, to adapt to situations where something unexpected happens. Mm, mm. I've been in places where the electricity goes out. <laughs>
0: but that's perfect <laughs> for stories.
1: <laughs> you know? like That's no problem. We don't need to plug anything over here. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's such a versatile um art form. I've been to events where you you, you find uh, that the that the the storytelling you you look at you look at the at the people that are there and you think, Yeah, huh? you think they actually need a storyteller here? And then you watch them lean forward and then you mm-hmm. watch them embrace you.
2: Mm-hmm. The
1: energy goes out and you feel the energy coming back and the circle is complete,
0: mm. and you
1: know this is where you were supposed to be.
0: And you one have them... Those,
1: uh, yeah, one of those cases in point was uh, a performing at the um, CSIR after a big uh, science conference. Mm-hmm. Science conference, storytelling, science, storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> but if you play your cards right and yes. you know what kind of conference it is, mm-hmm. who is here, then... You can play with it and have a good time. But once... You, time. So that flexibility.
0: I bet once you started, you had them all in the palm of your hand.
1: Oh, I had a good time. I had a good time.
0: Now, when you decided that this is what you were going to do, were your parents keen on that? Or did they try and talk you out I was, of it?
1: I was, I was way too grown up by then. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it was uh, when I first started acting in 1982... That my mother was very bothered. She she thought I really was lazy. I didn't want to work. And and she would say the word acting like it was the most horrendous thing. I feel excited. you're just acting. When she said acting, you knew it was ugly. Mm. It's another kind of thing a normal person would be doing. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and, and so... I, I just said I knew that that I wanted to to go ahead and do it, and I was not disgracing my family. I was not doing anything that would uh, put my family name, you know, in 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 a bad light. I mm. just had to go ahead and do it. And then by the time, um, like ten years later, I went into full-time uh, storytelling. I was already relatively a household name.
2: Mm.
1: I had traveled all over the world and what, in fact, telling stories in Boston and in Chicago and what. Said so to me, "What are you doing, telling stories in all these countries? Go home. Do it at home. <laughs> go home. Remember, go home. Yeah. Go do this thing at home.
0: And and they needed <laughs> at home. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes. And I remember the first time I went to to, to Menemen at the Market Theatre, who was the the managing director, and a kind of well behaved uh, sat down very politely in front of him. And I, uh, many. I, I was just thinking. I was thinking, um, and, and he was busy. Didn't have lots of time to sit down and listen to somebody who's just thinking. We're not sure what she's thinking. But, uh, I was just thinking, Manny, That that maybe we we could have a like a weekend of storytelling. Mm. And he jumped from around his desk, and he came around, gave me a big hug, and he said, "I love storytelling. Let's do it. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Let's do
0: it." <laughs> Sorry. Now, um,
1: um,
0: Malibongo M- also said he used to enjoy your stories on the radio when when he was still young. When when you were a child, whose stories mm-hmm. did you listen to?
1: My grandmother. I had a master storyteller for a grandmother.
0: Okay. Was she the I only a one?
1: Storyteller. She's the main person who told me stories, and the children in my neighborhood would beg their parents to let them come to my home to hear oh. my cocoa. Okay. Absolutely. My mother was not one for storytelling. My mother was about work, 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 okay. work. Yeah, I think the only story that I remember my mother ever told was The Golden Windows. And so that's the only story my mother told. And uh, and, 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 and and I think um, it it was one of those uh, stories that have got lessons embedded in them. Mm. But um, And then my father, on the other hand, was a history teller. Uh-huh. He told the history of our people, mm-hmm. the history of my family, where we came from, how we ended up on the banks of the Nga Dodo River, and uh, who are our great-grandparents and what they did, and all of those things. He's the one who told me about Ngozi Ngozi, mother of books, who was our great-grandmother, who is the reason why I started the literacy campaign mm-hmm. of Ngozi in 2001. So my father was more a history teller. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother was the one who told stories of long, long ago, the fairy tales, if you use that word. And so it was very interesting the different influences that w- we had.
0: Was there a favorite story she used to tell?
1: There were several stories, but I think uh, one, of the, one of the stories, um, I'm not sure why I liked it as a child, but uh, when I got older, I realized the importance. Of, um, of this particular animal called the nanabulele, so she would tell a story of a nanabulele that lived in rivers, and it had all these different colours. And when boys went hunting this animal, they would sing for it, and then it would start moving, and there would be in a deep pool in the river, and the water would start changing colours. And she painted pictures with her words, mm. and I, I travelled with the eyes of my mind to all those places where she talked about. These uh, these animals, these birds, these uh, uh, different creatures under the ocean, above the clouds, in in, in, in faraway countries. So I loved that. But um, this thing that uh, in Anabulele was so precious, and it had all these different colors, that it was so respected. It was fierce. Uh, At the same time... Unless you bothered it, it never went to, to, to bother anybody. Mm. And so I started having a different meaning. I don't know if that's what she meant. But for me, I started seeing the meaning that some really, really good things, you can go looking for them. But um, if you don't treat them well, they can turn on you. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yes, they can turn on you. Whether you're looking at wealth, whether you're looking at being obsessed about something, maybe you're collecting certain things, whatever it is. Like uh, people say, sugar is bad for you. Everything in moderation. Hello? <laughs> 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 then, oil is bad for you. Everything in moderation. <laughs> I don't drink alcohol, but uh, please, people who enjoy it, they can go ahead and drink it. As long as you're not going to be over drunk and saying horrible things or beat up people, abuse children, all of that kind of stuff. And so I I looked at it in that way. And then also what I I loved about this in Anabulele is the fact that there are so many different cultures and different languages Mm. and different ways of expressing that people have all over the world. Mm. And I look at all of those colors of this animal and when it started to move, when we give respect, and, and, and dignity to every culture, to every um, religion, to every way of doing things, it becomes like that in Anabulele. And I, I know it is important for a village, it is important for a country, for a, for a continent, for, for, for the world, for us to have that mutual respect.
0: And it, it is that, that, you know, even when you were telling the story, we, we were traveling. We were traveling to other places. Um, yes. And it is that sense of using the stories of animals and somehow connecting us with the rest of the world. and Absolutely. And, and it, it gives such wonderful possibilities to children.
1: Very much, very much so. And, and also, I like the fact that uh, uh, children of all ages... Enjoy stories. I sometimes I walk into an aeroplane and some businessman says, you know what, I, I don't like you, I don't like you. You made me late for a meeting. You were busy telling a story on the radio. And then, then I just sit in my car and listen, listen to you. I'm sorry, but I didn't mean to disturb you and mess around with your schedule and running to a meeting. Right. You know, <laughs> <they say that. laughs> Somebody <laughs> accuses me of making him late for a meeting because he had to sit in the car and hear how far the story would go, how it would end. So stories that appeal to children of all ages.
0: Mm. And it, it also it reminds us, even as adults, that we, we, we have the wonder of children with, within us and we, we have the ability to be captivated by the simplicity of the story, but yet the richness of the story.
1: Oh yes, oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. You know about uh, this young man Sibulela um, Lakoza, the young man who loves science and what, and in fact, there's an, there's a planet that has been discovered recently, and it's been named after him, a South African. And then he went and studied at Harvard, and he started very, very small. when I heard his story, how he took his mother's pressure cooker and nearly burned the house while he was trying to make a space rocket. <laughs> yeah, this whole story of this young man, and then I had the privilege to meet him at at, at, a, at an event, and he was one of the keynote speakers. I mean, I thoroughly loved meeting him and knowing what a hard worker he is, how focused he is, and enjoys his profession and adores his parents. And and but this whole story, this is not fiction. This is real life. But when that story is told, it inspires. Young people, mm. young people who feel like, you know, I've got nothing, I'm poor, and what? You work hard. You drive with everything inside you towards your dream. That dream will be met with opportunity.
0: Wonderful. Uh, via Twitter, Lhaka uh, says, she is the best we have. People must often come up to you and, and share that, that sense of adoration with you.
1: I love the fact that people enjoy stories. I really love that and I'm I'm grateful.
0: And and you know, it, it 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 doesn't surprise me that people are 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 sharing their love for you because the thing about a story is it lingers on. Malibongwe is going back to when he was a lighty. I can see the smile on his face and and when he sees this tweet and he's he's smiling, he's nodding and he's agreeing, she's the best. Uh, because the story stays with you, and that's why I asked you as a child what you remember, because there's something about being a child and those stories that we remember. And we, we remember them. They're within our body. They're within our bones. They're pumping the blood through our, our veins. <laughs> you know,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Into, into. It's the oxygen. Sometimes you, you, you don't even remember that you remember that story. Yes. You know, one of the most asked questions of me is... Um, Why do you tell stories? And the answer is always the same. Every week, every month, every year, I tell people, I tell stories in order to wake up stories in other people. That's the reason why I tell stories. Yeah. Wake up stories in other people. And if I can tell a story and you remember a story that you didn't even remember, you remembered, then my job is done.
0: Yeah and and that's uh, that's the wonder of it now you've you've written so many books on stories and storytelling yeah. how do you how do you collate that and decide is it painful or do you just do it like you do with an audience intuitively decide it's time for the story to to have some air
1: when a story is ready to be told it won't give you any rest
0: <laughs> okay it knocks on on your door <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, my turn, my
0: turn. Okay, so it, turn. <laughs> so the story just comes to you, and it, and it, and it's it's time for the story.
1: It, it's time. It's my turn now. Absolutely.
0: Wonderful. Oh, so that,
1: that, that, uh, then I, I really enjoy the fact that the story directs me.
0: So for you, it's it's not a painful process of editing. Um, the stories crowding you. It's just they come when they're ready.
1: They come when they are ready. But I love having an editor. I love having an editor because there are certain things that uh, maybe I'm so, um, like, uh, so used. Read it's a story I tell a lot, but I've never published. And then somebody will sit down and read it being written down. Uh uh-uh, But you missed that part. You missed that part. And uh, they've seen me performing that story. And, and so I love working with, with an editor as well. One of my favorite editors is Leslie Beek. Leslie lives in Cape Town and she's my favorite editor and I enjoy working with her. She's a good friend of mine, but when we work on a book, she's not my friend.
0: Okay. What she's does she bring to the collaboration? To okay. What does she's she bring? She
1: focuses on the, on the book yeah. and she looks at the, the way you are, are, are laying down the story and you want it to, 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 to breathe as well on paper the way it does when I'm on stage.
2: Mm.
1: And she guides that process. And we we're going to be friends when the book is done.
0: But when you're doing the book, it's work.
1: It's work, and and I appreciate that. Mm. I, I love uh, uh, even with friendships. I like people who are honest with me. Mm.
0: I'm,
1: I'm not yeah, I'm not good with people who are chameleons or changing colors every single day. Behave this way today, this way behave that way that tomorrow. I just like my friends to be so straightforward. The same thing with, with with my editor. I like my editor to have the best interests of the baby at heart.
0: Mm.
1: And the baby at hand right now is the book, and we focus on that.
0: Now, sometimes stories that are told to children are quite violent. Do you try and... Do, uh, it sounds like you, you the, the story is just ready. It, it doesn't sound like you would taper anything or sanitize anything in your stories.
1: I, I, I don't see the need to do that, but I don't have many violent stories either. There are, there, 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 I guess it's a, it's different the, You know, the, the real life is not happily ever after In real life yeah. So certain stories are painful They're not easy at all mm. But certain stories, there's no need to be struggling and, and hiding things and what Some stories are just plain old fun mm. Yes And I like the fact that miracles happen in stories You know, one of my yeah. books is called Our Story Magic and I purposely chose every single one of those 10 stories that are in that book to be stories where there are magic spells, where mm. the, 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 some creature would be transformed from this to that, mm. or a person is transformed from this to that. And, and I love the fact that magic happens in stories. Mm. Yeah. And, and in fact, magic happens in, in real life, too. Mm. And Some of the things that happen in our lives, we never even imagined they could happen. Sometimes you sit and you dream and you work hard and what, and then something most unexpected happens. That's mm. magic. Mm.
0: And are you, do your stories often have that element of transformation?
1: Yes, sometimes they have that, and and, and I really like that. Mm. I really like that.
0: Now you you you're not only a storyteller; you're also known as an anti-apartheid activist. Do you feel that yes. your work there is done?
1: <laughs> oh, my Lord.
0: <laughs> Who told you to ask me that question now? <laughs> well, you told me I must uh, find the story within. And <laughs> and so I just, uh, it came to me. <laughs>
1: Seriously? Seriously. <laughs> oh, well, my political work is... Um, Doing the outreach programs that I do, mm. I work a lot with them. I call it art in education. I'm passionate about young people. I'm passionate about education, and I work a lot with with, with young people in educational institutions. I go to rural areas. I I do workshops for up and coming writers. I work with them with um performing artists and then trying to help them hone their skills. I do events where we are invited to share some of our history, where we come from, Mm. and I I try and be as honest as I can be with young people because Mm. history is extremely important for me. Mm. And many, many young people are at a disadvantage because they don't know the history where we come Mm. from. Some parents have decided not to share the history with their children to make their lives much nicer, not Mm. like the way it was, Mm. but it's like breaking the chain.
0: Well I think that's why I asked the question there's something there's something about um acknowledging the pain of the, those times and yet at the same time uh, employing the magic of the possibility of transformation which is what you Correct. do when you work yes. with young people because you give them the power of owning their future
1: Yeah and also, I come from um, a poor background. I hardly had anything. And if I, if somebody mentioned that, I would be where I am today. At that time, I was in there, crazy,
2: mm.
1: really, really crazy. But um, that's the reason why, when I work with young people, sometimes in the most difficult conditions, mm. I say to them, "If a nobody like me can be somebody, so can you be.
2: Mm.
1: So can you be.
2: Mm.
1: Yes." Sometimes I see, eh, I, I'm performing at Manyandeni, one of the schools in Opongolo, or I'm performing uh, two, two days ago, I was uh, in an area called Nguadi, uh, near Hawik. You see the poverty all around,
2: mm. but the mm. children
1: are clean, the mm. children have, mm. been, uh, have eaten, the children that are vegetables that, that are planted around the schools, mm. the, 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 the principal, the teachers are passionate, mm. and, and that's good enough. That's good enough. Because mm. all that hard work and all that passion, mm. all that dedication it is going to bear some fruit mm. in those young people's lives. Mm. And again, I repeat, if a nobody like me can be somebody, so can you be, mm. I say to the young people.
0: Mm. And you allow them to own the wonderful potential they have that oh, that is just so much. waiting to get out.
1: So much potential. That's correct. And isn't that true activism? Yeah. Yeah, that is true activism for me.
0: Because no one can stop you?
1: No. No. If you're poor? And I don't have to be... Yeah, no one can... can hard work. Hard work is my middle name. And it doesn't matter how many... How many let's, let's look at um, South Africans who didn't have much when, when we were children, and uh, now you've got something. And um, your children are living a far better life. You've got a beautiful house, you've got a car, you've got mm. what a nice job, well-paying, and then your children, you don't teach them that wonderful ingredient called hard work. Mm. What are they going to do in life? Mm. How are they going to survive?
0: And, of course, your, your stories also preserve the rich culture,
1: Correct, correct, Instead of floating so into a... Preach that thing of honesty. The mm. values mm. that have that, that got nothing to do with what color you are, mm. what religion, what country you come from. The mm. normal things that, about hard work, about honesty, mm. about dreaming big, about working towards the light that is your dream. All of those normal things that every parent wishes for their children. Mm. But without hard work, it's not going to happen. Mm. Mm. My daughter knows the same story.
0: Do you find that you're all storied out when it comes to telling your your daughter a story?
1: Well, she's quite big now. But uh, she's she's heard so many stories. I have told her stories. I've read to her. And um, she has been at performances where I'm telling her stories. She says, but you never told me that.
0: Oh, wonderful.
1: You but never told me that story.
0: Do you? I, I ask that because at some point we need as adults t- to also have the stories. So do you still share stories with her?
1: share some real-life stories. Nowadays, we sit and talk. She's uh, okay. turning 21 this year. Okay. Now we, we, we do more real-life stories. Okay.
0: And yes. and what is she going to be?
1: <laughs> she's doing uh, theatre and marketing at university at UKZN.
0: Okay. So she's going to yes. uh, um,
1: also move into the... She loves the, the, the theatre world, but she loves the business side of things.
0: Okay. Yay. Okay. Well, thank you so much for for being with us on Cape Talk. Um, it's, it's, it's lovely and I'm glad that we were able to remind you how much loved you are and uh, that you'll, oh, you'll take you. that wonderful warmth with you into your dream world and I'm sure you'll have some lovely stories with you as you go to sleep.
1: It's much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you so much to you and the listeners.
0: Bye-bye.